from our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe. The following has been crafted with care for your listening ears. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Kandwani Mwase, and this is 54 Bytes. Um, our reflections on episodes past and projections on those yet to come. These short episodes draw inspiration from our previous episodes of 54 Lights, of course, and are effectively and affectionately our bridge between two pods. And so today I have with me one of my frequent friends uh, on this podcast, Chawa Mpande, who's joining us from Blantyre, Malawi. Chawa, welcome. Thank you so much, Ko. And it is a privilege and an honor to be a frequent guest. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, I, I love having you on the show, Chawa. It is, it's always just um, super fun. We have so much uh, banter going back and forth. So again, for those listening, what I'm going to end up doing is um, reaching out to Chawa a few times. So you better get used to her voice. You better get used to her face if you're watching this on some of our uh, social channels. Um, she is a dear, dear friend, um, um, somebody who works uh in in marketing works in in mental health uh does a lot of amazing things is based in uh, malawi but uh has roots in canada so chawa maybe you can reintroduce yourself to the audience and then let's jump into you know this episode's uh focus which is uh the conversation i had with uh cabaniso maluesi uh who's based in uh i think he's based in blantar but but before we do that uh why don't you introduce yourself and Fill in any of the holes that I may have left out there. Thank you so much, Ko. I always feel so esteemed when I come on your platform. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, keep it going. Um, but I think you said it pretty much. I'm a communications and marketing specialist as my, um, you know, nine to five or eight to five here in Malawi, half seven to five, whatever, you know, whatever to five to four, whatever. <laughs> And I'm also, like you said, a mental health advocate, and I do motivational speaking as well. Yeah, I think that's that's good for today. I'll be giving little bits, you know, if you ever have me back. I think every episode I should give a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us, how do you know? That's how I'm it saying is. Q. Q. Yeah, let's just say Q for this episode, right? Yeah. So I've known actually Q for a long time. Um, he was one of my first friends. When I came back to Malawi, and he's actually based in Ilongwe, and I know now he's married, has a beautiful family, and it's just so um, amazing to see people that you've known and you've grown up with, and he's making a huge impact in the arts world. He's always been definitely passionate about um, the arts ever since I have known him. Yeah, so he is very, very passionate about his music and just spreading out the arts in Malawi. One of the things that um, is really interesting is, you know, like, like I always talk to people about six degrees of separation and you end up like, oh, yeah, I know this person from Malawi. And then it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, like Malawi has 19. How many millions of people do we have in Malawi? Like, is it 19? Oh, yeah, we, 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 our birth rate keeps rising. <laughs> We're at it. <laughs> like, before you know it, snap, it's at 25, then boom. Like, last time it was at 17, then it was 18. And the last one I read, it was like 20, going to towards 21. I was like, woo, we fast. <laughs> It is intense. Yeah, but yeah, we are, we are, we're getting up there in our birth rate. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, it, you know, this is a silly tangent to go on, but like at the end of the day, when you have uh, such a small country, such a uh, a tiny like geographically, like it doesn't take up a lot of like space, but man, oh man, to be at like twenty. 22 million plus like canada you're only at 35 39 you better catch up because you just you know malawi can fit in the st lawrence river um and yet uh, we've got <laughs> the equivalent of 20 plus 20 million plus yeah and it's funny because when you're driving up and like because i feel like the population is still quite concentrated in like the long way blantyre because yeah, when the, you yeah, drive yeah. there's actually a lot of um space well i think so but then now that you compare it to canada for sure like i mean malawi can fit into alberta like three three and a half almost four times so yeah when you put it like that you realize okay so we are quite densely populated yeah it's it's something else but but we're on a tangent here we're on a tangent here so let's not do that let's not do that uh coming back to q so um it's interesting for me to 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 reach out for to you specifically with the interview with q because not only did you know him from the past, but so so you've seen his progression as a friend, as a as a as a as a as a fellow Malawian, but really as a friend. And so, what if anything struck you about listening to that episode? And what was what was the part of the journey that you felt just kind of hit you in particular? I, I think for me, like, because I mean, now that we we're both grown, we're not as close as we used to be. But obviously, when we see each other, it's all good. Nothing that ever happened or anything, but. I think just knowing his background, how he got into music, you know, the musical influences in his family, I thought that was really um, eye-opening because it really shows that some of our passions emanate from a very young age and that he's been able to foster that. And also, I think that he was the first Black um, student where he went. That That was quite, you know, inspirational. Yeah, yeah, definitely on that one. I think uh, that that's a really interesting thing you're talking about, like fostering your um, your creativity as a youth. Um, you're very big in the uh, art scene uh, through your husband, Manota, um, who was also on the show at some point in time uh, last year. So folks, go and listen to that episode too, and listen to the one featuring Chawa and her great work. But um, so you're very familiar with the arts and... Um, I suppose how people trying to make a living through the arts in uh, Africa, but Malawi specifically, is a little bit of a, a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge the, the, the world over. But what has struck you about Q's journey, and about maybe just in writ large, like what the the, the journey of all artists, especially in the continent, and, and how they are making their way? Um, I think one thing for me that I've seen, um, obviously. Being in Edmonton, I was very privileged to be experienced to art, theater. I'm actually, actually, I, I am a classical trained pianist. You may not know that about Are me. Are you? I, yeah, I did Royal Conservatory for eight years. So I actually went up to grade six. I was quite good at some point. And then, you know, so I love music. I love arts. It's something that I still have a keyboard, but I haven't been very, you know, into it. But back to your question. Hold um, on, hold I've on, hold on. <laughs> Please don't what, what ask me to play for you on the next ah. podcast. That's not happening. <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, <laughs> like, like the intros I give you have been so way off. Like, you just, you just won't stop. Okay. All right. All right. No, I got to add that I to was, it. Okay. <laughs> no, to be honest, I was quite privileged because I was an only child for a long time. 
And so because I didn't really have um, siblings around me, my parents put me in every single extracurricular activity they could think of. And, you know, African parents and being overachiever. So, yeah, um, I really love music okay. even up to now. Um, I've sang in, in, in church, a praise team. I've played in praise team. Uh, I played alto sax and as bands in junior high. I actually, my first instrument was the clarinet. So I did the wind instruments and I, I did the recorder. Like everybody plays a recorder, but that was my progression. Recorder, then clarinet, then I went to alto sax. But piano is something that I did for a long time from like the ages of eight to about 16 or seven to 16, I actually took lessons. So yeah, I, I did... Um, um, Royal Conservatory, and it was such a great experience for me. So that really helped me um, love music even deeper. I have a very eclectic taste in music, but then also I really love theater, just watching it, the schools that I went to. So going back to your question, um, I've seen how the arts are perceived in the West, and I see how they're perceived here in Malawi. And I feel like artists have to try extra harder. Sometimes I wish I could just ship a whole plane full of these talented artists to a nation that actually truly understands and appreciates the arts. Because I feel like if you make it in Malawi, you are super, super talented. Because for people to take you seriously here, um, for you to make a living, you are pushing. And I'm sure Q would be able to attest to it more. I think what I've seen with Q over the years, he has a specific target audience that I feel appreciates the arts. So you know that when it's a, an event curated by Q or organized by Q, I think he's got a very high level of standards and excellence for himself and his business and his brand. So you know that it's going to be um, you know, well executed. You know that it's going to be well um you know, everything from from start to go and start to finish, rather. It's going to be a great show and a great experience. So I think with him, he's actually mentoring a lot of um, creatives in Malawi. I know that I'm on a creative WhatsApp group that there's so many different creatives from Malawi. I think there's like over 300 members in that group, different creatives, wow. videographers, artists. And it's always interesting. I'm not always active on the forum, but it's very interesting to see the topics that are coming up. Um, there's also a lot of our people, artists actually creating spaces for other artists to shine. Um, is the pie enough for everyone? So I think that's one of the interesting things living in Malawi. Um, sometimes we can have a scarcity mentality where when we do get a chance and opportunity to um, you know, have a platform or do an event, there are some people because they haven't really been given opportunities. It's kind of like me, 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 all mine. And what I've seen from Q over the years, he's not like that. He's very much like he's let other people in and he's um, he's a trailblazer for sure. He's a trailblazer um, from the time that he was with Real Elements, the time he's because I knew him through my neighbor at the time, Dominic. D1, shout out to him. He's actually still a producer. He's based in South Africa right now. So that's how I got to know Q and the whole Real Elements crew. I was kind of like a groupie. I went to one of their shows, <laughs> traveled all the way, me and my friend Dunga and Inga. So it was, um, yeah, those guys have really pushed for him to still be doing the arts like all these years later. That's just a testament to his his uh, will, willpower and resilience because it's not easy in Malawi. I think now it's kind of exciting because people have also started to raise the bar 
um, because I think people have realized there's so much more exposure now, right? People are exposed to excellence. People are exposed to, you know, like just like a video color grading. Because I remember one of the things when I first came back, um, I was like, oh my goodness, Um, the, the, the music videos at the time to me were a bit like, oh okay because mm, coming mm-hmm. from you know like canada and edmonton and i was like okay but i'm really seeing how people have improved like color grading the execution of videos actual shooting so i think it's a it's an exciting time to be a creative in malawi and i think also with the internet i'm seeing so many different podcasts there's a lot of local podcasts popping up there's a lot of youtube channels popping up so I am seeing people now trying, um, you know, to do more on the creative and actually bring the business as an art. Because I think there's the artistry and then there's the business behind the artistry. And I feel like people who've had longevity in the arts, in the creative industry, are those who've been able to leverage the business side with their artistry. And that's really, for me, on the outside, I think is a is a tool and a, a key um, p- proponent or opponent of, of success. If you're going to be an artist, whether it's here or anywhere else, you need to know how to market yourself. You need to ha- know how to brand yourself. You need to also have the networking, um, distribution. It's, it's a lot that goes behind talent. <laughs> talent is not enough, right? We've heard that sometimes we don't especially in 2023 your talent is just going to open the door or open the window but you as an individual have to either have the right team around you that can help you propel your brand and um you know get your talent out there or else you yourself have to be that team for yourself initially a lot of people that uh, are listening to the show and a lot of people who are artists who've come to this show to and through this show we've talked about the business of the arts. And so one of the things that you just mentioned, which is really, really profound is the amount of the the quality of work that is coming out from African artists or from artists of color, really, um, who are operating from spaces, which typically maybe didn't have that refined uh, look and feel. There was just talent, but it was like, oh yeah, like like you said, the, 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 there's that extra bridge of being able to market yourself, the extra bridge of building the brand around yourselves. And that man has that ever elevated. Do, do you think that that's because of technology or do you think it's because of people like you who have come to the fore and, and helped coach and and groom people along the way? Like, what do you think is has really turned the corner? Because I've noticed it too, is that like, oh, now when I see videos of people who are what I would say are emerging artists who are back home, you can't you can't delineate the like the 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 quality is crisp, the sound is crisp, the talent is obviously there. It was always there, but now it seems to be this other element, which is now like yeah, now it's marketability. So where do you think that's coming from? I love that question, and I think it's a combination. I feel like one, um, social media, the internet has been a game changer, access to social media, um, access to the internet. I remember even just coming back to Malawi initially, it was very difficult. A lot of people didn't have access to the internet. The internet is a game changer, like in such a big way, because what it's doing, it's, it's giving information in rooms and spaces that those people would otherwise never have information. And, you know, information is powerful, especially when applied. 
And I'm seeing a lot of young people. And even we saw this during the pandemic. Um, people were on YouTube learning your recipes, learning how to <laughs> knit, learning how to like do everything. <laughs> Plus this, you know, like everybody learned everything during the pandemic because that's when the numbers went crazy high. That's when a lot of people launched podcasts. So um, the internet and social media in particular has been a game changer. Um, short form videos, FVs, can't even talk, have also been a game changer and like reels, TikToks, because people have access to s small clips quickly and people are just, you know, downloading those things. And I think people have realized, obviously, people like Q also have a huge role to play within the local industries because they are raising the bar. Um, like I said, I think Q, what he brings in is that excellence. And a lot of people see his production, see his shows and events like, OK, I need to also raise the bar. There's a certain expectation that if you are aiming for X target market, you need to make sure that your um, levels and standards are also high. So it's a combination of the social media, the Internet. And I think it's just every generation um, always wants to kind of do better and be better, mm. right? And because a lot of people are now accessing their smartphones, like this baby right here has been a game changer, a smartphone, because you have everything at your fingertips. I don't know yeah. if you remember, like back in the day, we used to go to the library, okay? And like, maybe we're <laughs> dating ourselves, but yeah, we used don't to go to the that. library and like we're take out 20s. the Encyclopedia Britannica. And this is even before the CD-ROM version. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I am <laughs> dating myself. <laughs> before the CD-ROM Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> we would go and get the hard copy in the library, not just the public library, but the school library, right? And um, we would get all our information through encyclopedias and through dictionaries and thesauruses. Like, I was a weird child, so I did read those things when I was younger. <laughs> Don't judge me. Oh, yeah, nerd. <laughs> but, nerd. but, like, yeah, nerd. now everything is here. You have Google. You have Bing. You have all the search engines. You have YouTube. You, you have knowledge at your fingertips. How to. How to. So there's really no excuse except for maybe you don't have data bundles. I love that. And, and so this has been so informative and so instructive, not only to give a lens and a perspective on Q as an artist, but Q as a, uh, a supporter and an influencer of artists within the region. Um, if you haven't heard about what he's doing, you please got to look him up. Please listen to the previous episode and, and just get to know him at a different level. Chawa, coming up in our next roster is this amazing gentleman called Farai Madzima. I am pronouncing that right because he corrected me when when we spoke. And Farai is a Zimbabwean, but he he lives in in um, uh, in Canada, and he is a coach, an emerging uh, leaders coach, um, really talking to professionals about how to do better, how to be better. So I think you'll be actually really interested to hear what he has to say because that's a little bit about what you do as well. Um, so. Without telegraphing too much about what Farai is going to be talking to us about, um, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about the work you do from the professional realm in terms of coaching folks. So, can you can you enlighten the audience a little bit about that layer, and then and then we'll we'll close up. So yes, I am also a coach. I'm an ICF, an International Coaching Federation member, and I am currently finishing up my trauma uh, awareness certification, and I'm also doing holistic coaching. 
So, um, you know, obviously with my mental health advocacy work that I've been doing, um, it was kind of a natural progression because um, there's a lot that goes on behind mental health, behind addiction issues. And it's very easy to just judge someone um, from what you see on the outside. But when you actually get take the time to speak to people, you realize we all have stories. We all are where we are because of what has happened to us. And um, I was really interested. I'm just generally, I'm interested in the human mind and human behaviors, and I love to observe people. So the trauma recovery has been really big for me because I see it as well in our culture here, African culture in, in general, but also in Malawi culture, we don't have words and vocabulary for trauma, mental health. So this is a relatively, I mean, there's specialists and there's, you know, there's um, psychologists and a couple of psychotherapists. But when you think of the population and you think of the amount of these specialists, it's, I don't think we have even more than 100, it's probably even less than 50. So you can think 50 or even let's just say it's 100 out of 20 million people. That is dire. You know, and there's so much that people are going through. Um, there's a lot of a lineal trauma that we perpetuate, cycles, cultural cycles, societal expectations. I think we spoke a little bit about this the other day. But it's just something that I just want to create more awareness on, because I believe that when you know better, that's only when you can do better. Because if you don't know better, how can you change? Because you don't know anything else. So I'm very passionate about that part of coaching. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do online coaching. Um, and then, yeah, that's just the passion area of mine. So I definitely want to hear what Farai has to say about leaders because that's, it's crucial to have um, our leaders equipped with the right um, tools in the toolboxes, especially whether in a place of influence. If you're in a place of influence, you definitely need to be more self-aware. You need to be more emotionally intelligent. And if you haven't dealt with your own internal traumas or you're dealing with them, because I, I feel it's not like you heal and you're there. Healing is a journey. So it's always a, a process. You know, it's a healing process. It's not just, oh, I'm healed. You know, no. We are all healing, regardless of how far along in the journey. But I really like to prefer to say I'm on my healing journey. You know, some are more advanced. Others have not even begun. But we are healing. And it's a con continuous and constant that we should journey. all be trying to embark on. Oh, I love that. I love that. Chawa, thank you so much for dropping knowledge as usual. I really, really appreciate it. And what a what uh, there couldn't have been a better setup for 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 the next episode because, as you mentioned, it's all of that is about knowing better and doing better. I think is what you had had just said, and it is really about that. So, folks, I invite you to you know subscribe to the show and get ready for that next episode with Farai Matsima coming up in a couple of weeks. Chawa, always amazing to speak to you. You will be coming back to this show, but I must mention that part of our show was recorded and produced at the beautiful soundstage and auditory office of 54 Lights, um, which now is having maybe a little bit of a satellite office in uh, in uh, in Malawi because we're going to be uh, talking with Chawa more often. 
Uh, and so the truth is our stage is small, but our lights together shine brightly. And I'm um, really looking forward to this season. Chawa, thank you so, so much for being on the show. And of course, for those folks listening, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you, uh, you get yourself teed up to listen to our next episode. But if you haven't listened to the one on featuring Q, please go back and listen and listen to it. So with that, I want to thank you again for listening and hope you find yourself in every play. It's been fierce.